فاشرف بي لاشتغالي بالعلم ولا تبغي به ما عشت يا ذا بدلا ويا له من شرف عظيم So we previously spoke about uh, we're now going to go into حكم الكفر الأصغر وأهله في الدنيا How are the people who come with minor kufr in this world? We've previously spoken about and we touched on the types of kufr and we mentioned that the kufr can be uh, major and it can be minor and we mentioned that the kufr which is uh, akbar is ma yudadu asl al-iman when we spoke about kufr akbar we said is what? whatever goes against and opposes the foundation of your iman that's what kufr akbar is and when we defined al-kufr asghar is we said ما لا يضاد أصل الإيمان وإنما يضاد كماله الواجب we said that the kufr asghar is that which goes in a position towards the found not doesn't go asghar is what doesn't go against your أصل الإيمان the أصل of your إيمان the foundation of your إيمان rather what it goes against is the كماله الواجب we mentioned that right and those who were there know when we tackled that issue and we spoke about it and inshallah ta'ala we will be speaking about that again bi-idhnillah al-kareem so based on that the ulama al-muhaqqiqoon as scholars were grounded in knowledge on the madhab of ahli sunnati wal jama'ah they said that kufr asghar is min jins al-ma'asi it's basically from the sins that are out there and that the people who come with kufr asghar they are not taken out of the fold of Islam. Rather, what we say is that they are Muslims. They are Muslims who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the issue is, is that they are, they are sinners. They are sinners. That's what we say. لذلك أبو عبيد قاسم بن سلام he said in his كتاب الإيمان وأما الآثار المرويات بذكر الكفر والشرك ووجوبهما بالمعاصي فإن معناها عندنا ليست تثبت على أهلها كفرا ولا شركا يزيلياني يزيلياني سوري الإيمان عن صاحبه وإنما وجوهها أنها من الأخلاق والسنن التي عليها الكفار والمشركون أبو عبيد قاسم السلام mentions that the textual evidence is that we see the Quran and the Sunnah who basically state kufr and shirk He said what it's used it's as those kufr and those shirk is actually meant by it is al-ma'asi. And he said we don't take those statements that say kufr and shirk, we don't take it. We don't go and we don't say to those people who've, who've done those things, kafir, kafir, kafir. And we don't say to them shirk, mushrik, mushrik, mushrik. Which we then remove their religion from them and their iman. Rather, what we say is this, this action is the action of the disbelievers. And it's from their attitude and their characteristics that you follow them in. And that is from the Sunnah al-Jahiliyyah. Mm-hmm. So the ulama, they differed. They did differ. After this point that I mentioned, they differed on an issue, which is anybody who comes with minor kufr, should we call him a Muslim? Or should we call him a kafir? But when we say kafir here, we're referring to what? Kufr asghar. Which of the names should we give him? Should we refer to him as a Muslim? And we all agree that Kufr asghar doesn't take you out of the fold of Islam, but should we still call him a kafir? 
And Imam al-Marwazi rahimahullah ta'ala in his kitab Ta'adim al-Qadr al-Salah he transmitted the two views. And he says al-qawlu al-awwal the first view is yusamma musliman the person is called a Muslim wala yusamma mu'minan but he's not called a mu'min. Because remember when we call him a mu'min that means kamaluhu al-mustahab comes into there. We don't want that to enter it. وَقَدْ احْتَجَّ مَنْ قَالَ بِهَذَا الْقَوْلِ بِقَوْلِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى And those who said that we call him a Muslim and not a Mu'min, they use the قول of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala قَالَتِ الْأَعْرَابُ آمَنَّا قُلْ لَمْ تُؤْمِنُوا وَلَكِنْ قُولُوا أَسْلَمْنَا And the Bedouins they said, we have Iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said to them, don't say we have Iman. قَالَتِ الْأَعْرَابُ آمَنَّا The Bedouins they said, we believe, we have Iman. Allah said to them, وَقَالَتِ الْأَعْرَابُ آمَنَّا but say we're Muslims. Say we're Muslims. Stop giving yourself this title of Iman. The second view, the second view is they are called Kafir. But we unwaveringly, we know with conviction that he's a Muslim. But we give him that title Kafir. And And the evidence that they use is the statement of the Prophet They said that the hadith says, if one of you says to his brother, O oh, kafir, and his brother isn't what he is, then it comes back to you, right? So what they took from this, they say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred to him as a kafir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred to him as a what? As a kafir. We have a textual evidence for it. So we should. So pay attention. Even though they do say that he can be, can be called a kafir, they're not saying he leaves the fold of Islam. And they don't also mean that you do unrestricted kufr on him. Does that make sense, brothers? It doesn't mean that in any way, form, or shape. It means that we say that his statement and what he, you have to restrict it. When you say you have to restrict that, meaning Kufr Asghar is what he fell into. Now that we've spoken about Kufr Asghar in the uh, here uh, in the dunya, what is it going to be in the hereafter? Okay, the hukum of the a person who is uh, who comes with minor Kufr. In the hereafter, what is the dispute? And what's the argument? And what's the evidence for it? What is what we have to really understand is, according to Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, there's no dispute, there's no argument that whoever dies, whoever dies, with a branch from the branches of Kufr, and the branch the Sharia specifically called it Kufr. Are you with me? That they believe that this person is tahta mashi'atillahi. He falls under Allah's mashi'ah. Insha'a adabahu wa insha'a ghafara lahu. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he wishes he punishes him, and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he wishes he, pun he, he, he forgives him. And if Allah does choose to punish him, فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُخَلِّدُهُ فِي النَّارِ Allah will not keep him in the hellfire forever. This statement, although this asal, is that قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ عَنْ يَشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءَ 
And Imam Al-Tabari, rahimahullah, he says, وَقَدْ أَبَانَتْ هَذِي الْآيَةُ أَنَّ كُلَّ صَاحِبَ كَبِيرَةٍ فَفِي مَشِئَةِ اللَّهِ إِنْ شَاءَ عَفَ عَنْهُ وَإِنْ شَاءَ عَقَبَهُ عَلَيْهِ مَا لَمْ تَكُنْ كَبِيرَةُ شِرْكًا بِاللَّهِ And Imam Al-Tabari, Ibn Jalil Al-Tabari, he said in the commentary of that verse, what has become clear from this verse is every individual who comes with a major sin, he falls under Allah's will. If Allah wills, he forgives him. And if Allah wills, he punishes him. As long as it does not reach Kufr Akbar or Shirk Akbar. So Ali Sunnati wal Jama'ah are in agreement in regards to that matter. They are in agreement So anybody who minor Kufr or minor hypocrisy is present in him, they all unanimously agree that that person will not stay in the hellfire forever. ولذلك الشيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية he says والذين ينفون عن الفاسق اسم الإيمان من أهل السنة متفقون على أنه لا أنه لا يخلد في النار فليس بين فقهاء الملة نزاع في أصحاب الذنوب إذا كانوا مقرين باطنا وظاهرا بما جاء به الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم وما تواترت عنه أنهم من أهل الوعيد وأنه يدخل النار منهم من أخ من من أخ من أخبر الله ورسوله بدخوله إليها ولا يخلد منهم فيها أحد ولا يكونون مرتدين محا مباحي الدماء. ابن تيمية says the scholars who negate from the fasiq the name iman the scholars of أهل السنة who basically say that the person who is a fasiq mean the one that commits zina who lies who drinks alcohol this is a fasiq they don't give him the title iman. so the scholars who negate that title of Iman from the Fasiq they all agree even though they don't want to give him the title Iman they all agree that he's not going to be in Hellfire forever so their differences is the naming فَلَيْسَ بَيْنَ فُقَهَاءِ الْمِلَّةِ نِزَاعٌ فِي أَصْحَابِ الدُّنُوبِ أَهْلِ السُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ do not differ regarding the one who comes with sins what's his rule in the Day of Judgment أَهْلِ السُنَّةِ all believe if Allah wishes, He punishes him, and if Allah wills, He forgives him. As long as they believe, so this person is drinking alcohol, as long as he believes when he's drinking the alcohol, that this drinking of the alcohol is a sin, and what he's doing is wrong. He believes that internally and externally. And he also believes in the textual evidences. This drinking of the alcohol has reduced his Iman has harmed his Iman, but it doesn't take him out of the fold of Islam. There's narrations Ibn Taymiyyah mentions that actually explicitly state to us that there is going to be a group of Muslims who are going to enter the hellfire. But those narrations tell us that they're not going to be in there forever. That even if Allah does punish them and end up punishing them, those Muslims who were alcoholics or they committed zina, or whatever sins that they did other than kufr and shirk. If Allah doesn't forgive them, then he, if He does take them to the hellfire, He will punish them for a period of time. And then after that, they are told to leave the hellfire and they are told to enter paradise. You see, that's what Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah mentions. So based on what we just took right now, the following points is what we conclude from it. Number one, and the Ahlul Kufr al-Asghari, the people who have minor kufr, 
مستحقون للوعيد بدخول النار. They are threatened and they're warned in the Quran and the Sunnah that they're going to enter the hellfire. This is a fear that they should have in their hearts. That if you do commit sins, there's a possibility you might end up going to the hellfire. So there's that worry and that's, there's that fear. So we're not like the Christians who say, as long as you believe in the Christ, uh, he has taken all your sins and you're going to enter paradise. We say to them, no, that doesn't work here. Number two, even that though they deserve the severe punishment of entering the hellfire, but we also believe amongst them are those who are going to enter the hellfire and amongst them are those who are not going to enter the hellfire based on Allah's forgiveness subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are some people Allah is just going to say to them, you are an alcoholic, you are a zani and everything and this is what you did, but I have forgiven you and you're now going to go to paradise. And he doesn't get taken to the hellfire. And another person may do the same. Are you with me? He may do the same. And what happens? He goes and he enters the hellfire and he gets burnt in it for a period of time, but he ends up leaving it. Number three. Well, the third thing that we take from it is what? That the people who are believers who committed kufr, asghar, they are not going to stay in the hellfire forever. No. They don't stay in the hellfire forever. Number four, the people who stay in the hellfire from the believers are not all going to be taken out at the same time. No. They're going to be taken out at different times. Someone, his, his, his sins are to a level to get cleansed and he gets told leave quickly. Another one stays in there for, for a longer time and a longer period. Last but not least, uh, sorry, fourth, we mentioned, no, fifth, which is the last one. The final ending of every believer, the last ma'al, the last re re place that they're going to stay, every Muslim, is Jannah. The final abode of every Muslim is Al Jannah. All because of what? Because of the asal of the Iman which he has. The asal of Iman which he or she has. Now, insha'Allah ta'ala, that all was a, a very a very shallow explanation of everything. All of that which we took from the day we started in the of Islam till today was very shallow. We're now going to, insha'Allah ta'ala, go into very, very detailed explanation of a lot of the points that we already mentioned. And we're going to build a more stronger argument. And now we're going to fully focus on principles and foundations pertaining to the issue of at-takfir according to Ahl sunnah wal jamaah and where all of the other groups deviated from Ahl sunnah this is the Baytul Qasid this is the Baytul Qasid this is where we are heading towards this is the discussion at point at hand number one Ahl sunnah wal jamaah are balanced Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah are balanced when it comes to the qadaya and the matters pertaining to takfir. We're very balanced, moderate in the middle. Between two parties, Bayn al Murji'at, the Murji'at on one side, who have fallen into extremism in negligence, 
And on the other side of the scale is what? The wa'idiyah. The wa'idiyah. The wa'idiyah are those who fell into extreme exaggeration. And the, uh, and the um, al-wa'idiyah are two parties. Who are the two parties? Al-Khawarij wal Mu'tazila. The Khawarij and the Mu'tazila on one side. And, the other, and on the other side is who? The Murji'ah. Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah in between those two, those two parties. They're in the middle. So now let's start with the first of the two groups, which is the Khawarij. What's the view of the Khawarij regarding We already spoke about what Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe about the person who does major sin or even the person who does Kufr Asghar. Sah? We already mentioned it. We're still going to go into more details regarding it. What do the Khawarij believe regarding a person who does major sin? If a person drinks alcohol, if a person commits zina, and etc. What is their belief regarding this? The Khawarij, they believe, and the Murtakib al-Kabira, the one who does major sins, is a kafir. They believe is a what? Is a kafir. Is a kafir. And all of the Khawarij agreed with each other on this particular issue except the Najadat. The Najadat is a group within the Khawarij. They go to a man by the name of Najat al-Haruri. He believed that no, he was different to the Khawarij on this particular issue. وَلِذَلِكَ الْأَشْعَرِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ الْحَسَنَ الْأَشْعَرِ has a kitab called مَقَالَاتُ الْإِسْلَامِينَ where he talks about all of the groups. He says, وَأَجْمَعُونَ They all agreed. عَلَىٰ أَنَّ كُلَّ كَبِيرَةٍ كُفْرٌ إِلَّا النَّجَدَاتِ فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَقُولُ ذَلِكَ All of the Khawarij agreed that all of the Khawarij agreed on what? That the major sin, the person who does major sin is in what? Is in the hellfire forever. Some scholars, they said, what is it that the, the Najdad believed? They believed what we would now call double standards. What is it? They believed anyone who done major sin from, within, from them, from them, is not Kufr Akbar. If some, anyone was with them and he did it, are you there brothers? And he done major sin, they would believe that's not Kufr Akbar. And then if he was other than them, then they're kufr, kufar. This is what's mentioned in Burhan by Saksaki, rahimahullah, he mentions. That's, uh, that's what's said about them. And so what they do is, because they believe that anyone who does sin, major sin, is a kafir, kufr, akbar, then they straight away label people based on sins, kufar. So they say, you're a kafir, you're a kafir. And they make the people's blood permissible on that. And they make the people's wealth become permissible for them. Because of the fact that they believe these people are kuffar. He said, As for the sword, as for the sword, meaning taking your sword out, they all see that. They all see the permissibility of taking their sword out on the Muslims, killing the Muslims. Except the Ibadiyya. The Ibadiyya, 
Don't see that you should oppose the people with your sword. But what they see is that the transgressive leader should be removed. Um, and that they should be stopped from being leaders. With any means that you're able to do so, be safe or be very safe. So the leader, specifically, they believe that if he's transgressive, he's taking the people's money, he's robbing them, he should be removed. With a sword or without a sword. Ahl al-Sunnah al-Jama'ah, Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah's belief regarding the Muslim leader who is transgressive, what is it? What do we believe? If the Muslim leader is transgressive, what do we do? We listen and we still obey. And we don't go against him. We don't rebel against him. This is muqarrara fi kutub al-Aqeedah. Insha'Allah ta'ala, we will be doing a subject on the topic of this issue of the Muslim leader. He's, he's a leader, he's a Muslim. He's not careful, he's a Muslim. But he robs, he takes the people's money, he's, he's unjustly taking the people's money and he's using it extravagantly. Are you with me? The money that he should have been using for the people and he should have been providing for the people. He's taking, he's eating, he's building a nice golden palace for himself and he's got a, huh? he's got a gold car. Do you see? And he's living a luxurious life where the people are suffering and they're hungry and they're dying. Are you with me? This is the Imam which is Job. Or he drinks Khamar. Or he's, his problem is Al-Furud wa Nisa. He's committing Zina too much. And women. He's coming to the West and he's committing Zina with women. And he's fornicating and adultery and whatnot. Huh? He's a what? He's a... He's a fasiq, jawr, oppression, all of that. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe that he should not be, no, no one's allowed to go against him. Nah, something like As long as he doesn't reach Kufr Akbar. This is what Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe. And inshaAllah ta'ala will bring all the evidences and everything for it. Ibn Jawzi rahimahullah said, وَمَنْزَالَةِ الْخَوَارِجُ تَخْرُجُ عَلَى الْأُمَرَاءِ That the khawarij always would go against the leaders. And I want you to memorize this. He said they have different methodologies. The students and the followers of Nafi' ibn Azraq, they used to say, They used to say that we are mushriks ourselves if we remain and stay in Darul Shirk. But if we leave the Darul Shirk, then we become Muslims. Qalu, they also said, وَمُخَالِفُونَ فِي الْمَذَاهِبِ مُشْرِكُونَ وَمُرْتَكِبُ الْكَبَائِرِ مُشْرِكُونَ And they say that those who oppose us are mushrikun. Because they're committing major sins and whatnot. And those, they say, وَالْقَاعِدُونَ عَنْ مُوَافَقَتِنَا فِي الْقِتَالِ كَفَارَةِ and those who are sitting back from agreeing with us in fighting with these people are also kufar. So what did they do? So then they, they permitted for themselves the killing of women and children. And they labeled everybody to be a what? Mushrik. Now, an Imam Ibn Al-Jawzir, he wrote this in his book, Talbisu Iblis, The Deception of Shaytan. I ask you a question, is Ibn al-Jawzi alive today? Do you see this statement of his manifest right in front of you? 
This is exactly the reality. That the Khawarij, these people that you see killing women and children, whether it be Somalia, whether it be in Afghanistan, whether it be in Syria, whether it be here, whether it, whether it be there, whether it be Saudi Arabia, whether it be the UK, wherever you see them do this, these people you have to understand their mindset and where they think what they're thinking and what they believe of you. Those same people, the day they get control over you, they will kill you. They will kill you as a kafir. You're a kafir to them. You're not a Muslim. So they harm. So they see you and the kafir, the white kafir here, Robert, is the same to him. You, Abdullah, and Robert are the same. Ismail and Michael are the same. It's no difference. So when people defend them and say, Akhid, but at least they're Muslims, he doesn't see you as a Muslim. He does not consider you as a Muslim. And the day he gets control over you, he will kill you. And he will not hesitate. That's why the Prophet ﷺ, he told us, they are sharru qatla, they're the worst, they're the worst of people that are killed. The Prophet said this, they're a cancer in the community. Are you with me? It's shocking, I'll tell you a narration that came in uh, Muhammad Nasr al-Marwazi narrated this in his kitab Ta'adim al-Qadir Salah. A man entered the masjid. Ya ikhwa, he entered the masjid. Are you with me? Where did he enter? The masjid. He walked by. So first of all, the companions that came to the Prophet said, Ya Rasulullah, there's this man you have to see. This man is something else. He's a worshipper. The companions. So the Prophet said, who is he? They described him to the Prophet. The Prophet could not recognize who he was. So one day as they were sitting, the man came through. The Prophet said, this, they said, this is the man. The Prophet said, this man, all I see from his face is that he's from the people of the Hellfire. Sahabas was like, Kafi Rasulullah. The man who prays, who fasts. The man is obedience, his righteous deeds. Sahabas were lost in words. <coughs> the Prophet said to the man, when, when, he, when he left, when he was leaving, the Prophet called him. He said, when you came in, did you look at all of us and think to yourself that you're better than everyone who's sitting in the gathering? He said, Wallahi, I did. Ya Ikhwa, pay attention. He sees himself to be better than the Prophet. He sees himself to be better than who the Sahabas, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, all of them. Another narration said that the Prophet Sallallahu he said to the companions, who's going to stand and kill that man? So then Abu, ba Abu Bakr stood up and said, Ya Rasulullah, I will do it. He came and he saw the man was in the salah. So he came back and said, Ya Rasulullah, I can't. Umar came and said, I'll do Ya Rasulullah. Umar went and he saw the man in a sajda. And then Umar anhu came back and said, Ya Rasulullah, the man is in prostration. The Prophet he went quiet. When he came, Ali said, Ya Rasulullah, I will do it. He said, I don't think you're going to find him, Ali. Ali went and couldn't find him. The Prophet said, if you had killed this man, there would never have been the concept of the Khawarij. The whole idea of this problem, this is, this is where it stemmed from. I mean, this is their lineage, and this is where they come from. Shaykh Nasr authenticated ta'ala. Are you with me, brothers? So these people, even Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and the Messenger of Allah, they saw themselves to be better than him. Would they hesitate to say anything about a scholar at this time? Or to say anything about a student of knowledge or anything? Takfirhum is just, it's, it's, 
even if you see when they differ within themselves, straight away what do they accuse them, each other of? You're a spy of the kuffar. You're a kafir, murtad. Like, that's all they, like, the minute they differ, that's it, that's, that's, that's what they do to each other. Are you with me, brothers? And those people who today call people mubtadi'ah, they've, they've kind of inherited that same concept from the khawarij, which is as soon as you differ with somebody, you're a mubtadi'ah. Why do you have to go that far? Why can't you just agree that this khilaf between you and this person is a personal issue? It's me and you have a little personal issue. Why do we have to make it look like it's the deen that we're having this khilaf for? And it's the religion that we differ for? We don't. We clearly differ on a personal issue. You want to be in charge and I want to be in charge. That's our problem. We can't see eye to eye. You want to be in power, I want to be in power. So now that we're both having power, power struggle, Everyone says, I'm doing this for the Sunnah, huh? I'm doing this for Tawheed, and etc. It's a mushkila. So the Khawarij are like that, pay attention here. So these individuals, they will do takfir on everyone, and they will kill women and children, they don't care. If you look at what's happening in Somalia now, the people who are behind it, as it seems, inshaAllah ta'ala, and it looks very clear that it's Al-Shabaab. They're there behind it. They're not saying anything. Because that was the reason why they're not saying anything is because they were not planning to do it like that, the way it happened. When the 300 people died, that wasn't part of their plan. Their plan was actually they were heading somewhere. It's just before they can get to where they wanted, are you there? They got caught and they were stopped and the checkpoint came and then within the checkpoint and the guy was told, okay, just let it out, let it off. But there's women and children, just let it off. It's a matter. So when they realized, whoa, that it, because this explosion that they did, they've never been able to do something like this ever, ever before. They've got new technology, not new technology, but they started to use, you know, Somalia recently, they started to have a, um, the gas pumps that they use in the kitchen. We're slow, we're behind, very behind in Somalia. So these things started to come to the country, the kitchen, they're now using those kind of gases. So they realized, oh, okay, there's a lot of these gases. So they took those gases. And they used that as explosion. That wasn't what they had before. So it, was, it was an experiment to see okay, how much damage they can cause. And this actually, this explosion actually collapsed buildings. Strong buildings, it collapsed it. The point is, they, were, they killed women and children. They killed people sitting. Wallahi, I don't know how somebody can sleep that night. Knowing they had anything to do with that. So, uquba wallahi. So Uquba brothers, do you see? But you know, for us it looks like like the way we've become as a, as a, as a, as a Muslim community and even as humans today, because of uh, Call of Duty, because of everything, movies, we're made to believe that killing a shooting and sniping somebody in the head and somebody dying and whatnot, it's just, it's a, it's a game right now, sah? Huh? And also the news, seeing people bombed and killed and it's just, it's become normal. But when you go to the Kitab and the Sunnah, you look at it, you're like, wow, it really is a big problem, killing an innocent person. So the Khawarij, they'll kill women and children. And their belief, brothers and sisters, is not theoretical. Oh, no, it's not. Are you there? The Khawarij's belief is not just theories, like the philosophers and the Sha'ira and etc. La, actions. The minute they place the theory, it's going to be practiced. It's going to be implemented. It's going to execute on the, on the earth. That's what they are. So that's why the Prophet said they should be killed. 
That's the only firaq from the mediated groups where the Prophet explicitly said they should be killed. Because they are militant. They're what? They're militant. What do the Khawarij believe? The Day of Judgment. Um, the So what's the uh, person who commits major sin according to them the day of judgment? Since the Khawarij have labeled the person a kafir in this world and they've taken them out of the fold of Islam in totality, they claim that that person is going to be in hellfire forever and he will be never be brought out of it and that Allah will never forgive them. Allah, Allah will not forgive them. They believe by consent, the Khawarij, that anybody who dies upon a major sin, Allah will punish them consistently, like forever. The only people who exception here is the Najdat. And again, I told you the Najdat, they are double standards. They believe that their group is different here. But everybody else, they believe is the same. Very good. Saksaki said in transmitting their statements, وَقَالُوا إِنَّ الْإِصْرَارَ عَلَىٰ أَيِّ ذَنْبٍ كَانَ كُفْرٌ There's another group belief that they have, which I want you to underline. Underline this point. They believe if you do something consistently, if you keep doing a sin consistently, and you're continuous on a sin, they believe that you are, that this is, continuation on a sin like you know an individual who's been drinking alcohol for the last 15-20 years he's musir he's just going on they said that this is kufr and then they said and the person who is falling into a major sin is going to stay in hellfire forever and that they're going to be punished with the punishment of the hellfire. That's the Khawarij. The hellfire, that's what they believe. <coughs> so what's the foundation of the Khilaf of the Khawarij with Ahli Sunnah wal Jama'ah? And how, what's the foundation? The foundation and the pro fundamental point of their problem is or what the foundation which they built their prince, their madhab on, their methodology on, is number one. It, it's from one side is connected to the issue of al isma'i wal ahkam, which is fasiq. Fasiq, what's its reality and what's its ruling? Are you there, are you there brothers and sisters? So for them, the first problem is, is connected from the angle of babul asma'i wal ahkam which is the term fasiq, what's its definition and what's its ruling? That's one shubha, that's one problem. The second one is, the second shubha, the second doubt that's connected to them is the issue of al-jaza'i wa thawab, reward and punishments from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's talk about the first point of the problem, which is connected to Babil al-Isma'i wal-Ahkam. Their belief of al-fasiq, the person who's a fasiq, the person who's a who is a fasiq. Since they believe iman, their problem with iman is what? That iman is a component. They believe iman is one thing. It's either there or it's missing. So if a person comes with fisq, 
you either have taken your iman as gone or it's there. So no one would say that the iman is fully there. You Ahl Sunnah will not say that because you don't believe that. You do believe it damaged the iman here. The drinking of the alcohol here, it does damage your iman. They said since you've agreed that it does damage the iman, we believe that the iman is gone. Ahl Sunnah say la, the iman is still there. And this person is a fasiq. So Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they say a term which is He's a mu'min based on the iman that he has. And he's a fasiq based on the fisq that he's coming with. Does that make sense? That's the first issue. The second issue that they, problem that they have, which is, is connected to the issue of al-jaza'i wa tawab Rewarding and punishing a person. They believe that it's, again, it's impossible for it to combine in a person reward and punishing. That person can't be rewarded and also punished. Uh-uh. So they said, فَإِمَّا he's either مُثَابٌ he's either rewarded. وَإِمَّا مُعَاقَبٌ or either he's punished. Make your minds up Ahl sunnah Is this person being rewarded or is this person going to be punished? Make up your minds. So once they built those two doubts and those two foundations on their madhab, then they forced all of the textual evidences to go in accordance to that false asal. That corrupted foundation. And the Khawarij here now, if you look at it, they were in agreement with the what? The Mu'tazila in the issue of Infad al Wa'idi. That if Allah makes a warning in the Quran, does he have to fulfill it? Huh? Allah warns anybody who does this, I'm going to punish them like that. The Mu'tazila believe Allah will have to fulfill that warning that he made and that threat. The Khawarij follow them. Ahl Sunnah al Jama'ah believe La, Allah has a Mashi'ah. That threat and that warning is connected to his will. If he wishes, he'll forgive you. And if he wishes, he punishes you. Because they said, look, pay attention. If a person says to you, pay attention. Because they said, if you say that, that means you're saying Allah lied when he said he's going to punish us. He lied, he didn't punish us. And the Sunnah al Jama'ah said, you misunderstood the whole concept. Lying doesn't fall under a threat. It, falls, it goes under an issue of promise. What does that mean? It means, if a person says to you, anyone who comes late, I'm going to what? I'm going to charge them five pounds. Anyone who comes late, or anybody who comes late, I will not let them in the classroom. And I will not let them listen to the class. And guess what? You guys came and I looked at you and I said, I saw the brother sweating, you know, sweating a bucket of water. Then I said to him, Akhi, no problem, inshallah, stay. Can you say to him, well, you broke your promise? Or what I did is it shows my mercy and my kindness. Huh? Are you with me? What about if I say, anybody who comes early, anybody who comes early, I will give them five pounds. And then a brother does come early, and I don't see no sweat on him. And I say, I'm not going to give you five pounds. Do you get my point? So the Ahlul Sunnah divided between what is Wa'ad and what's Wa'id. Wa'ad are promises and Wa'id which are. So the Ahlul Sunnah Jama'ah believe every promise Allah made, He fulfills those. He prom- if He promises He's going to do something good for you, He will do it for you. He won't break that. It will always be done. But the Wa'id, the punishments that Allah makes, He can uplift it. It shows His mercy, His kindness, His generosity. Does that make sense? 
The Khawarij and the Mu'tazila fall into the, the uh, not distinguishing between Al-Wa'ad and Al-Wa'id. So they believe Al-Wa'id has to be fulfilled. That's what the Khawarij are saying here right now. Allah promised that he's going to punish us. Why is he not going to punish us? Does that make sense? Why is he not going to punish us? Very good. Also, some Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah said that even if we say that the Wa'id has to be, it will be done, are you there? As long as it's done to a group of people, it doesn't have to be done to everybody. Who said, Allah said, I'm going to punish every single person? So as long as Allah does it to a group of Muslims, that's one other statement I said as well. We've spoken about the Khawarij, what they believe about the, the concept of uh, the Murtakib al-Kabira. And this is very powerful. This issue of the Murtakib al-Kabira is the backbone of the Khilafat that keeps coming back regarding this, this issue of Takfir. And I, we, that's why we're specifically speaking about it. Now we're going to go to the second group of the Wa'adiyah, who are the Mu'tazila. We're going to go into the next type of the group called the Mu'tazila. What do they believe regarding the Murtakib al-Kabira? Again, we're going to break the ruling of the Murtakib al-Kabira according to them, worldly and hereafter. Are you there? The Mu'tazila, who are a deviated group, they believe that the Murtakib al-Kabira, the one who does the major sin, is between two stages, two stations. He's between what? Is between what? Is between two stations. Manzilatin um, uh, manzilatin. A station between the two stations. So this. So they say, فَلَا يُسَمَّ مُؤْمِنًا وَلَا يُسَمَّ كَافِرًا. The person who does a major sin, he's in the middle. We don't call him mu'min, nor do we call him a kafir. He's a stage in between. Good. Adi Abdul Jabbar, oh, he is from the greatest. Imam of the Mu'tazila, he says in his Sharh Usul al Khamsa, Sahib al Kabira, Lahu Ismun, he has a name, al Ismaini between the two names, Wahukmun and a ruling, al Hukmaini between the two rulings. La Yakun Usmuhu Ismal Kafiri, his name is not the name of a Kafir, Walasmuhu Ismal Imani, a Mu'min, and he's also not going to be given the name, the title what? Mu'min, he's not. وَإِنَّمَا يُسَمَّى فَاسِقًا He's called a Fasiq. وَكَذَلِكَ فَلَا يَكُونُ حُكْمُ حُكْمَ الْكَافِرِ وَلَا حُكْمُ الْمُؤْمِنِ بَلْ يُفْرَدُ لَهُ حُكْمُ الْثَالِثِ And his ruling is not the ruling of a Kafir and a ruling of a believer. A new ruling has to be made for him. Or is, is, uh, is made for him. Does that make sense? That's what they believe. So they believe he's not a Mu'min. So they stripped him from Iman. And they also stripped from him Islam. He's no longer a Mu'min nor is he a Muslim to them. And they also stripped from him, they've also stripped from him Kufr. They don't give him that title Kafir or Kufar or whatever, they don't. That's it. Sorry. sorry. And they call that person a Fasiq. That's what they call him. This is the Mujmal fi Musamma Murtakib al Kabirat Indal Mu'tazila. This is the summary of what the Mu'tazila believe in Mas'alat, uh, mas'alat the Mas'ala of Murtakib al Kabirat, the one who does the major sin. How do they deal with that person in this world? As we said, they don't take that person out of 
uh, Islam and they don't give it the ahkam of the Muslimin and they also don't give that person the ahkam of the kuffar. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah said فَالْمُعْتَزِلَ تُوَافَقُ الْخَوَارِجَ عَلَىٰ حُمِّمْ فِي الْعَاقِرَةِ دُونَ الدُّنْيَا لَمْ يَسْتَحِلُّوا مِنْ دِمَائِمْ وَأَمْوَالِمْ مَسْتَحَلَّتْهُ الْخَوَارِجَ The Mu'tazila don't kill people. They won't kill you. The Mu'tazila on the other hand don't permit their blood for the person. They're silent about the person. They won't say anything. You know? Are you with me? Does that make sense? Brother, are you with me? Jameel. And um, what about the Day of Judgment though? Which we're going to come to. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said they agree with the Khawarij when it comes to the Day of Judgment. They're with the Khawarij. You're going to stay in Hellfire forever. I ask you guys a question. I really want you to think here. Because when you look at some people, their innovation, they adopt it from the people of Bid'ah. This term that today you, you see a lot of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah being called, you're a Mumayyah. What's this term? Am I a Salafi or my Ahlul Bid'ah? It's a question I ask. Is a manzila to bail a manzilatain? Sah? Am I a Salafi? Are you calling me a Salafi? Or am I a Mubtadir? No, you've initiated and you've made for me manzila to bail a manzilatain, a station in between the two stations. Sah? So these are concepts that people adopt. And what's best to use, ya akhi, is terms that the Salaf al-Salih used. This person is Ahl-Sunnah, this person is a Mubtadir. This person is Ahl-Sunnah, this person is Mubtadir. Are you with me? And the person should stick with using those terms that the Salaf al-Hadi al-Ummah used. And not terms that are coined later. Very good. Um, now let's talk about the Mu'tazila when it comes to the Murtakib al-Kabira according to them in the Akhirah. The Mu'tazila, the day of judgment, they believe that if the person dies without repenting from it, that the day of judgment he's, and he's committed major sins, they believe he's going to stay in the hellfire forever with the Kuffar and he's never going to come out. That's what Abu al-Mudhafra al-Isfrayini في معرض حديث مع المعتقدين من يسبق بعد المعتزلة يسأل ومما اتفقوا عليه من من فضائحهم قولهم إن حال الفاسق الملي منزلة بين المنزلتين لا هو مؤمن ولا هو كافر وأنه إن خرج من الدنيا قبل أن يموت يكون خالدا مخلدا في النار مع جملة الكفار ولا يجوز لله تعالى أن يغفر له أو يرحمه. They said that the person who commits fisk in this world, he drinks khamar, he commits zina, whatnot. In this world, we're going to say he's a between the two stations. He's not a believer, nor is he a, a non-believer. But they said that if he dies, the day of judgment, without repenting, he's going to be in the hellfire khalid and mukhalad and finari. Ma'ajumlatil kuffar, he's going to stay with the kuffar. And it is not permissible for Allah. I mean, it's not something Allah will do in forgiving him or having mercy on him. Good. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, he said, وَأَنْكَرُوا شَفَاعَةَ النَّبِي Also the Mu'tazila denied the intercession for the Ahl al-Kabair, the Day of Judgment. They denied that. There's no intercession for the criminals and the, and the, and the people who are doing major sins. مِنْ أُمَّتِي وَأَنْ يَخْرُجَ أَحَدٌ مِنَ النَّارِ بَعْدَ أَنْ تَخَلَهَا And they don't believe if a person does a major sin, he would be ever taken out of the hellfire. They say, thus, he's abode now, he's stayed there forever. 
Now let's mention the two groups which we just mentioned, the Khawarij and the Mu'tazila. What is it that they agree upon and what is it that they differ upon? What's the things that bring them together and what's the things that they separate on? They agree with each other on the following. They agree with each other on the following. Number one, they both agree that the person who comes with major sin is no longer a believer. They believe, they both agree on that. Number two, they also agree that the one who does a major sin is going to stay in the hellfire forever and that he will never come out of the hellfire. Number three, they also both agree that the person who comes with major sins will not receive an intercession from the Prophet Those are three things they agree upon. Now, what is it that they differ on? They differ on four things. The four things that they differ on is number one, what's the ruling for the one who commits major sin in this world? I mean, what's the name and the title that we need to give them? We all agree that they're not mu'min, they're not believers, but what name should we give him? The Khariji will say kafir. The Mu'tazili would say la manziratu bayna manzilatayn, between the two stations. Number two, they also differ on what? The ruling of the person. They differ on the ruling of that particular person. They partially agree on the ruling and they partially differ on the ruling. They agree that he's not a mu'min. That's our agreement. But they differ whether this person is a kafir or if he's not. The Khawarij believe what? He's a kafir. The Mu'tazila believe what? No. He's in between those two. He's not a kafir. Does that make sense? Good. The third thing that they also differ upon is how should we deal with them in this world? The Khariji will deal with you based as the ruling of the Kufar. He will make your blood permissible. He will take your woman from you and etc. The Mu'tazila on the other hand, they will deal with you in this world as a Muslim. They won't. They will deal with you as a Muslim. The Zahir, they will do you as a Muslim. They will pray with you, they will fast with you, they will eat with you. Last but not least, they differ in the type of punishment as well. Are you there? The Khawarij, they say that you'll be punished, the punishment of the Kufar. Are you there? The level of your punishment is the punishment of the Kufar. The Mu'tazila believe, no, it doesn't reach the level of the Kufar. The level of the Kufar is high, it's too high. Let's make it in between. So again, Manzila to Bayna Manzilatayn. The punishment has to be in the middle. Okay? There's that level of punishment in the middle for them. Those are the four things which they differ on. Inshallah Ta'ala, we'll stop here bi al kareem um, Anything which I have said that was wrong and incorrect is from me, inshallah Ta'ala, and Allah and His Messenger are free from it. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, astaghfiru wa atuhu ilayhi.